0: Good morning, Fairhill Church. All right, well, uh, the kids can head out now otherwise we' will begin. All right, so uh today today we're talking about um questions of Jesus. and as we think about these questions, uh some questions that that we might hear as believers. Do you really think that God would send someone to hell who has never heard the gospel? All right. Why would God call loving someone a sin? Now, what's the difference between worshiping God and worshiping the the flying spaghetti monster? All right. These are real questions. Real questions that people have. uh, And they are insincere questions, but they're legitimate questions. If we are living out our faith, we are faced with, uh, with real opposition and real attacks on the faith and with people who want to make a mockery of our faith and who will, will come with that spirit. If we're faithful, they will. And we're promised that in 2 Timothy. And so uh, today we're looking at, at how Jesus, he encounters someone with this insincere question, That doesn't isn't looking for an answer. They're looking to trap. They're looking to, to mock. They're looking to, to ridicule and and convict Jesus. And we're seeing how how does he respond to that, and how how can we respond to that. But more so, uh, what's what's his intention? What's his intention when he meets someone like that? What's he trying to do? Is he trying to crush them? Is he trying to to shape them? If he is how, those are the kind of things we're talking about today. And our hope might be that we're not just able to to give wisdom to the world, but we're able to receive it from Christ himself. That we would see our own insincerity. We would see our own sin behind the questions that we ask. That we would see him as our, our wise and patient and loving king who in all of his authority uh, draws us to himself in grace. So with that in mind, let's look at Mark 11, verses 27 through 33. Mark 11, verses 27 through 33. This is following Jesus' cleansing of the temple. And they came again to Jerusalem, Jesus and his disciples. And as Jesus was walking in the temple... The chief priests and the scribes and the elders came to him. They said to him, By what authority are you doing these things? Or who gave you the authority to do them? Jesus said to them, I will ask you one question. Answer me and I will tell you by what authority I do these things. Was the baptism of John from heaven or from man? Answer me. They discussed it with one another saying, If we say heaven, he will say, Why then did you not believe him? But shall we say from man? They were afraid of the people, so they held, for, for they all held that John really was a prophet. So they answered Jesus, We do not know. And Jesus said to them, Neither will I tell you by what authority I do these things. All right. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you sent Jesus in great wisdom and in conviction. and Father, to, to address the hearts of, of man, deceptive and, and foolish as they are. Father, we ask that uh, you would show us your authority, that you would show us um, your greatness and your wisdom. That we may follow you, but also that we may be convicted ourselves, that we may see where we truly stand and that we would be willing to really submit to your will and to receive your rebuke and to be brought under your one true authority. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the spirit within us that helps us to to understand it. Would you fill us with the Holy Spirit now that we may not just understand, but also apply these words to your glory. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. All right, so uh, let's start by looking at the question itself. Uh, Now, Jesus, in some sense, he kind of sets himself up for the question. Uh, There's no way that this isn't going to come up. Uh, So they came again to Jerusalem, and he, Jesus, he was walking in the temple, where the day before, he had just overthrown tables and rebuked the people, cast out the, the animals. All right, this is a big move. This is like the... The biggest holiday season in all of the, the land, everyone is there, and here is Jesus doing this crazy thing, and now he's back at the scene of the crime, just walking around, waiting for someone to talk to him about it. All right, he brings this, this upon himself, he, he, he wants to talk about this, and the religious leaders of the day, they come to him, and they said to him, by what authority are you doing these things, or who gave you this authority to do them? So, okay, you've, you've done all of this in the temple, and what, what right do you have to do it? All right. Is this a sincere question? No, this is not a sincere question. All right. These are not sincere people. I, I think we can be overly uh, naive when it comes to the non-believers addressing real questions. Uh, no, they don't, they don't really want the answer to this. What do they want? They, they want, at best, to trap Jesus and to, to gain some collateral for how they might kill him later on. And when it comes to questions of authority, alright, no one's looking for an authority. No one's asking, hey, hey, can you, can you prove to me that you're an authority so I could submit to you? No, we, we don't look for authority, we question authority. We question authority because with authority comes power, it comes the our forced submission. It comes not getting to do our own will. So yes, we are always questioning and, and trying to get out from under authority. This is, an, this is an accusation. Who gave you this authority? Because it clearly wasn't us, and we are the ones who all really have the authority here. Now, if we are truly living out our faith, we'll be faced with some of these same questions. All right, We'll be faced with questions like, uh, who gives you the authority to tell me how to live my life? Who are you to say what is right and wrong? Who are you to say what God is like? Who are you to say who gets into heaven and hell? Who are you to tell me how to do it? All right, those questions, they, they circle around our culture. There's this constant attack on the, the, the authority of Christ. Because the, if, if he's real, there are so many implications there. All right, what, what is, the, what is the, the underlying assumption here? It's a, all right, who's, who's the authority? Me, myself, and I as the authority. Me, myself, and I, and no one else. And if you go proclaiming the authority of Christ, uh, you will not have sincere people asking questions, longing to submit as well. Now, it'd be nice if, I, if we could just say, you know, yeah, the culture out there is awful. <laughs> all right, But we also say, like, our own hearts are awful. This comes in the context of, of what Steve said last week, that Jesus is cleansing the temple. And he doesn't just cleanse the temple. He comes to people in their idolatry and people who who are failing to worship God in in truth. And he comes to cleanse that temple as well. And we all think that we're chief priests and the the religious leaders of our own little temples of the heart. And we question with the same authority. We have these same insincere questions that we throw up to God. Uh, Why are you trying to ruin my life? What happened to all the grace that you promised? Why, why would you judge me? And if these aren't directed at God, they're often directed at the, the messengers. We shoot the messengers who bring these kind of messages to us. That ha- what authority is given to you that you might speak to God on behalf of my life? Right. These aren't just things for, for the people out there. These are, people, these are questions that we have in our own hearts. We have to admit our own insincerity between, before the Lord. Alright. As we think about these things, uh, what will we do with these questions? How will we address them when they, they come to us? How, will we ad- how do we expect Christ to address them as they come into our own hearts? What are you looking for? And that's where we get to see uh, Jesus. He he answers these questions. He answers this one, and this is how he's going to answer all of these questions, and our our model for how we engage the world. And, all right. What could Jesus have said? Jesus could have laid it down right here, and he could have said, you know what, I am God, the Almighty. I'm the Alpha and the Omega. I'm the beginning and the end. I am the... The radiance of the glory of God, the imprint of the, the of God's nature embodied in human form, I I have all authority in myself. Or I could have said, you know what, you know what, who gave me authority was uh, God the Father when I was begotten from before eternity. That's who gave me authority, and you better submit to it. All right. He doesn't go there. He doesn't go there. Instead, instead of kind of land-blasting these guys with all of his authority, he instead, he asks a question. He asks a question that gets to the heart. I will ask you one question. Answer me, and I'll tell you by what authority I do these things. Was the baptism of John from heaven or from man? Answer me. Now, this is a beautiful way to, to assert authority without having to, like, smash it in their face. But it does have authority here. To, to ask a question is to assert authority. That yeah, okay, you can ask a question, but I'm not beholden to you. Here, I'll ask a question, too. There's great power in the ability to ask someone a question. Especially when this question, it, it gets to the very heart of the person. All right, let's 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 make sure we're all on the same page when I talk about the heart. All right, picture here for you. All right, there's this vault. There's a vault inside of you. And that vault is locked. And inside of that vault, inside of you, are all the things you most cherish. And the things that you think are really most important and the things that you will defend with your life, the things that you will you will fight for tooth and nail that thing in in the Bible that's called the heart the things that you really love and the odd thing is you don't actually know what's in there you don't even know what's in there you think you do you don't it's hidden even to you the heart is deceitful above all things and as long as you don't really know what's in there, you, you don't know yourself, you don't know your sin, you don't know what's really driving you. And the remarkable thing about Jesus is Jesus has, has keys to unlock that vault and to pull them out and to show them to you. And that is a more powerful thing than to try to smash that vault with a hammer. Instead, to, to say the white words, to unlock it, And to pull the thing out and say, hey, look what I found in your heart. Is this the thing that you love the most? Is this the thing that you will defend? Is this the thing that you cherish beyond anything else? What is the authority that is found in your heart? That, that I think is is the wisdom and beauty of Jesus. Is his ability to do that. And he starts with this question, and it parallels their question. It's, it's a dangerous question to answer. And it forces them into the same position that he was into. Hey, okay, we're going to talk about things that are going to get us in trouble, like me saying I'm God. How about, what about things that get you in trouble? Like whether you believe in John the Baptist as a prophet or not. Because all the people, they're pretty sure on that. And they think you're the leader. How do you think about that? All right, now they can't answer the question, they can't demand of Jesus without getting on that same plane with him. All right, let's answer dangerous questions together. And there's some implications here. It's, It's asking questions like, well, all right, you're questioning my authority. Do you recognize authorities from heaven? Do you recognize that that's a category? Or maybe... Do you have a bad habit of rejecting authorities that you should be accepting? Maybe you're establishing a pattern here that's that's showing your heart. Or maybe, did you shoot the messenger? Did you shoot the messenger who was supposed to come bring you this message and call you to repentance? You shot him, and now now you're wondering who I am. All right, it's a good question. All right, what does that mean for us? What does that mean for us? When you encounter people, when you encounter people who ask these really hard questions who who want you to basically like, oh, like wher- where's your where's your foolish line in the sand? Show me and I can mock it. All right, your job is not to stick your flag in the ground and say, it's right here and here I, I lay out all my cards on the table. Now, now, please mock it and ridicule it. No, that's not your job. I think some of us we think like this is a test of my faith, and I'm gonna I'm gonna lay it all out there. All right, it it doesn't have to be. Instead, what Jesus makes it, he makes it in saying, "What? Well, I'm gonna ask you a question to see see where your flag stands. Where's your line in the sand? What are, what are you really submitting to?" He draws out their heart. And I think as we engage with people, I, I think we, we fear that, oh, they're, they're going to they're gonna make a mockery of me. No, you can, you can ask them to, to put their faith on the line as well. The, we don't have to just do power plays and assert these foolish truths that, that they won't understand. Now, others of us, uh, you know, uh, examples first, examples. All right, so let's say someone, you're, you're trying to rebuke them, and they're, how dare you, how dare you say that this isn't allowed? How dare you say this isn't a sin? And then you, you get out your Bible, and you start flipping through and showing them, like, well, yes, it is, These, this is sin, and I, I get to tell you when it's sin. And All right, what if instead we ask the question, do you really think that God wants what's best for you? Do you really think that God wants what's best for you? Or do you really think, do you think that God can satisfy you? Not, is this a sin or not or not? It's, it's do you really trust your God? That's a far more fundamental question. Another example of this, uh, Someone who's trying to shake off your abuse, you know, you you don't have the authority to tell me this, and, and what do we do? We defend ourselves. Well, yes, I do. I'm a I'm a pastor, or I'm your I'm your mother, or uh, <laughs> or I I'm a good Christian person, and I've read my Bible. Uh, no, we can ask a question like like do you do you think that someone could that God could speak through a person? Do you believe that? Because if you don't believe that, then you know, your whole faith doesn't make any sense. Or maybe you can humble yourself and say, you know what, maybe you could speak through a sinner, even like me. All right, my favorite example is uh, from Paul Tripp. All right, so Paul Tripp, he's, uh, he does everything um, and has a big mustache. And <laughs> that's neither here nor there. Uh, he does a kid's, he does, he does parenting series, which is helpful. And all right, so he tells the story of his kid and... He and his friends, they put together this, like, elaborate ruse where they're all staying at each other's houses when really they're going to this party and, and they get totally found out. And he, he's thinking, all right, his son is in his room. He's just, like, totally lied to everyone, betrayed everyone's trust, and he's, like, right, what do you do? Do you just go scream your head off at this kid and ground him for all eternity? All right, no, he... he He's far wiser and, and gentler than, than we are. And th- this is the question. He he goes t- and to his son and he says, uh, do you really want to walk in the darkness? Is that the path that you want to set for yourself? And do you know where it leads? Alright, oh, that's that's brutal. But yeah, he could he could have just he could have just screamed at the kid or he could have like, no, what what are you really doing with your heart? Like, what are your choices? What are your decisions? Have you thought about this? And I think that's, that's this beautiful skill that I think we want to learn from Jesus is not just yelling at people, but forcing them to come to, to grips with their own hearts. Now, that's helpful, I think, for some of you who who want to just throw cookie-cutter power plays at people and assert your authority. But I think that's also helpful for people who who don't want conflict and who cower away from all this stuff and are like, I, I don't want to live for Jesus because I don't want to get a question, so I'm just going to keep my head in the sand and I'm going to keep my head down so that no one asks me. All right. You don't have to when you're asked these questions, kind of come up with all these amazing arguments and prove your authority. No, you, you're talking about the other person's heart as well. And I think that's helpful. I think that yeah, gets us off the hook somewhat. Because in their hearts, like, why are they asking these questions? What are they looking for? What do they already care about that, that they don't already see? Alright. That takes us then to, to their response. Their response and it it shows us their true authority. It shows us their true heart. It shows us their loves. It shows us the things they, they are really committed to. They discuss it with one another, saying, If we say from heaven, he will say, Why then did you not believe him? But shall we say from man? They're afraid of the people, for they all held that John really was a prophet. So they answered Jesus, we do not know. And Jesus said to them, neither will I tell you by what authority I do these things. All right. He's forcing them to answer, and he's forcing them to come to grips with their own hearts. And on the first hand, they have, if we say he's from heaven... We can't possibly say that because then we might be wrong. All right, no, notice the heart there. It's not about whether, whether it's true or not. They don't care about that. They're not really considering, Oh, right, well, which, which one is, is the best fit of the situation? No, which one keeps my pride intact? Which one makes, allows me to claim self-righteousness? Which one keeps my reputation looking good? Which one upholds my my pride? Which is really the thing that is guiding me. That's my real authority. My authority is not what is true. My authority is not what is right. My authority is my own pride. And with that, it's not even a question of, of reality. It's a question of what's expedient and and. What gets me what I want right now? All right, this is not someone who has this great authority. This is someone who is enslaved to their own foolishness. A good question exposes that, exposes that and exposes that in these men. All right, on the other side. All right. Well, if we say he's from man, what does that mean for us? That means that we're in danger. That means that we are vulnerable. That means that we might lose our coveted position. We might become unpopular. We might be cast from our positions. All right, what authority is is being revealed there? The thing that rules over them is fear. Fear fear and people pleasing and the fear of suffering, the fear of rejection. All right, these are not strong people who have great authority. No, these are, these are people who are cowering before the world and have to recognize that the authority they thought they have is really just this precarious thing that is dependent upon people pleasing. It has no power in it. And ultimately what is their answer? Their answer is we can't answer your question. We're the religious leaders. We have we have all knowledge. We're in charge of the temple, but we can't answer this simple question because our hearts will not let us. We don't have the authority. We are ruled and we are enslaved. We cannot answer. All right. Do you recognize yourself? Do you recognize yourself? Do you see where, where pride Pride rules over you so you cannot really see the truth? All right, stupid example. Uh, one time, me and my roommate, he was actually here um, a couple uh, last week, uh, two weeks ago, and uh, we were arguing about whether ants could feel pain or not. <laughs> Mostly because I had fried a lot of ants with magnifying glasses and k- felt kind of bad about it. Um, <laughs> so I was like, no, no they don't. Um, all right, we were fighting about this and like we, we were, this is like a nerd argument, sorry. Um, so we're arguing about this and maybe like 10 minutes in, I realized like I have no idea what I'm talking about. He like actually, he like, actually knew and I'd researched it and like knew the answer. And, I just kept arguing. Just like, no, I, I'm just gonna keep trying until after like after like five more minutes, he's like, You know you're wrong and you just won't admit it. And I, I at that point like I'm called out, like, yes, yes. You're right. I just I don't wanna be wrong. All right, how often does that happen with you? How does that happen in, in your in your relationship with God that you refuse to be wrong? Yet, your relationship with your, with your spouse, you refuse to be wrong. Your, your kids try to call something out, and you refuse to be wrong. All right, that's not great authority. That's pride ruling over your heart. And that your own self-righteousness is in the vault and refusing to come out. All right, other things when you're asked these kind of questions, uh, are you really looking for the truth or are you looking for what gets you what you want? Are you just as expedient as these religious leaders? That the question is not what is true, the question is, well, what is best for me? That's where we have, uh, we have all these kids graduating and they're moving on to the next phase and So many end up asking the question, they're saying, well, is God real? All right, that is not a sincere question. What's a sincere question? A sincere question is, do I want God to be real or not? Do I want to have to obey? Do I want to have to live like he is real? Do I want to lose my sense of freedom? All right, that's a sincere question and one that we have to ask. And that's not for college kids. That's for everyone. Today, do you want God to be real? Then, when you when you are called to suffer and to be persecuted, do you want God to be real or not? Now, this is where okay. We can say that you know. Oh, but. We're free from all this, because we've recognized Jesus' authority. We've recognized his authority, and we love him, and we've proclaimed all this. All right, and then you get someone who, like Peter. Think of Peter. Did Peter recognize the authority of Jesus? Yes. He said, you know, I will die with you, Jesus. I will do anything. I will be right there beside you. And then this little girl asks him if he knows Jesus, and suddenly, no, he doesn't. All right, that's the reality of our hearts. And as much as I want to say, like, yeah, we're going to triumph over this and, and, you know, just give Jesus all the authority. And once we recognize that, we'll be fine. No, we won't. Because the same fears rule in our hearts. The same self-righteousness rules our hearts. The same things are, are here, too. Now, so this story is not primarily supposed to say, you know, look at us. We have, we have made a good choice. No, it's that Jesus alone is wise and Jesus alone has true authority. Jesus alone stands up to this kind of test. And oftentimes we do not. If we think we do, we we can be just as proud. And that's where, like, when we look at Jesus in this, we, we see this one who is, he's not proud. He's not all talk. He's not just boasting about his great authority. He's not, throwing it in their faces. No, he, he uses all of this authority in spite of himself to, to really stand up to the things that we fail to. All right, he stands up to fear. Eventually, he, he will he will admit that, yes, I am the Son of God, I am, I am the Messiah, and they kill him for it. He has authority over fear. He isn't ruled by it. He is not enslaved by it. All right. He's not a slave to, to pride and self-righteousness. All right. He willingly takes on sin for us. He's called a sinner. He's called a, a criminal. Nailed to a criminal's cross. All right. He alone is immune to this, this authority, this power. He's free from people pleasing. All right. He didn't please anyone on the cross. He was not ruled by it. He's immune to, to the foolishness that drives our hearts. And in all of his authority, what does he do? In all of authority, he, he goes to the cross, he even gives up his own life, and then he picks it back up again. John ten, seventeen and eighteen. I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down on my own accord. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. This command I received from my Father. All right, this is the great authority of Jesus. That they wanted him to prove it. All right, prove, prove that you can do this stuff. And what does he do? He, he lays down his life, and then he picks it up again and says, you know what, show me your authority. I have authority over death, I have authority over sin, I have authority over eternal life. And all these things that you think that you can submit to, I submitted to them and I still had authority. All right, that is our great Savior. That is one who is wiser than we are, that's the one who is stronger than we are, that's the one who's better than we are. And when we submit to him, we are free. When we submit to him, we are free. We are free from our pride because we, we don't have to prove anything. We're, we're done. We get to rest in our in our humble state knowing that we have someone who is better than us. We don't have to be great. We can rest from self-righteousness because, no, he is our righteousness. We don't have to constantly defend ourselves and, and, and and cloud our eyes and pretend that we know what everything is right. We have freedom from, from hedonism and pleasure knowing that, you know, what, I don't have to run after those things because I'm promised them in Jesus Christ. We can have freedom from fear because we know this one. He, he rules, he will protect me, he will get me through it. We have freedom from death. He has resurrection life. We have freedom from, the, from people because we know we have someone who, who rules far more than they do. They do not have eternal life in their hands. Jesus does. All right. So why do I say this? Uh, live under the authority of Jesus. Live under the authority of Jesus. Stop trying to be your own authority. Stop trying to be self-righteous. Stop trying to, to gain the upper hand. Give Jesus the upper hand and, and live out of that. He is our great king. He is the great authority. He is the great wisdom of God. And then go give that to other people. Help them see their own hearts. And then give them a savior. Amen? Amen? Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you show us our hearts. We desperately need to see them, and Father, we can be incredibly proud. We ask that you would uh, engage us with the questions that we know we need to ask. Questions that will convict us. And Father, would you give us the humility that we need and the, the courage that we need to admit to our own hearts. And Father, then we ask that you would send us out, not, not with this great authority that we would assert over other people, but with, uh, with great humility, hoping to expose their hearts as you've exposed ours. Father, would you give us greater sincerity, would you give us greater faith, and would you give us greater love for our Savior. We pray in Jesus Christ's name. Amen.